Hey, I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. And this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. We are, we've got a new series coming at you. I don't know if it's a series, a two-parter, a three-parter. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, see how far we get into it. Well, I guess this is going to be a three-part thing at least because we did um, misconceptions about the veal industry last week. And now we're going to be doing uh, misconceptions about the dairy industry So I put up on Instagram a little question box asking for your assumptions or misconceptions about the dairy industry. And I got a couple of really good topics that I'm going to be quizzing Becca on tonight. So Becca, are you ready to be in the hot seat? Yeah. And I don't, I probably should have like asked you what they were beforehand. So we're just going to do what we do best and fly by the seat of our pants. (laughs) Nothing's ever fun when you think too much about it. So I feel like this is going to create a more organic that is response so yeah um before we get into that let's jump into some highs and lows how was your week yeah uh it was pretty good overall i think uh i guess if we want to start with i don't know lows when's the last time we even talked i feel like it's been a while but really it hasn't yeah it's been a week ago a week (laughs) i feel like last monday right before we were supposed to get the episode out our schedules have just been a little wonky right. lately, so sorry. Sorry about that. This, this might be my low, my children pounding on the door. We man, we had this big pep talk before I started about how we were doing the podcast, and they were just going to watch TV. They were going to be happy, and they just you know, love just and not miss you out, but, so much. All right, I'm low, 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 low. Uh, they just can't let me talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, okay, so I had my glucose test on Tuesday, um, which I passed, which is, that was nice. Um, but the doctor said I was a little uh, anemic. So I had to start taking iron and um, that really messes with your stomach. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of felt like crap the last couple of days because I they had told me like, okay, it'll probably make you constipated. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, I'll just take some fiber rather than (laughs) taking like a laxative or something thinking that would be, I don't know, easier on my stomach. Um, that was incorrect. (laughs) So I spent the last few days just not feeling well. (laughs) Um, but I stopped taking the fiber and I'm just taking the iron and I I feel better now. So I guess we'll see how long that lasts. Oh, I'll probably have other problems, but whatever. That's my low. <laughs> that is a very tricky Hopefully situation to be in. what it needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck. It is because it's like, it just, yeah, it's, yeah. But uh, my doctor really explained how important it was to take the iron, to raise my iron levels. So, and I've always, I mean, I used to like donate plasma in college and stuff. And I was kind of always borderline anemic, mm-hmm. like whether or not my iron was high enough to donate. Um, so I guess I'm not surprised, but this is the first pregnancy actually that they've told me I'm anemic. So, um, okay. Well, that doesn't sound like a good week, <laughs> um, but good for your glucose. That was, I've heard that's kind of the worst, the worst part. Everyone's like, oh, watch out for the glucose test. I 
it's so awful and scary and it makes you feel like crap, but good luck. See, and that's what everyone said to me. And I don't think it's bad at all. Like the orange and it just tastes like wet orange soda. And I mean, the like drinking it, you kind of, you do feel weird, but it's never really made me feel like crap, but I'm sure everyone's body is differently, I guess, or, you know, reacts to it differently. <laughs> but I think people just overhype it because I don't know, I didn't think it was that bad. And I actually, when I was, when I put it on my Instagram stories, I think I only had like one or two people that said it was terrible and everyone else was like, yeah, it was fine. So if that makes me feel better. Good. Okay. Well, I think I've got a couple weeks. I had a doctor's appointment sneak up on me. I have one this week, like on Thursday, I think. And I didn't think I had one until the end of June. So when I got the text alert, like, oh, by the way, you have an appointment on Thursday. I'm like, holy shit. Thanks (laughs) for the reminder. So I don't even, I don't know what this one is for. At first I was like, oh, maybe it's my glucose test. And I was like, no, I'm like a month behind Becca. So I think I have a little ways to go. So I don't know what this one's for. Maybe just a little check Yeah, they in. probably would have give. well, maybe they'll like give you the, give you the thing. Yeah. I don't know if, because I like, think it I, all just depends on your doctor. Cause like I, yeah, like, I don't know if it's because our doctor is an hour away that, um, they don't want to give it to me in advance. If I just need to wait till I get there. I think they told us last time we were in there, but that's a lot of information to remember. I should really take notes on stuff. Yeah. That'd be way too much work. <laughs> I guess it's not like, I mean, you drink it and then you get your blood work an hour later. So it's not like you'd have to sit there that long. Yeah. Well, if they did do it right at the doctor appointment, I don't prepare for anything else. So why, why would I prepare for this in advance? It's just my child. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh, crepes. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to tie my high and low together because it's been it's been a week. We flew out to Arizona um, on Thursday. So it was my parents, my brother and I, Dan had to stay home. He, he had to work. Someone has to work around here and take care of the dog and all that stuff. But um, my uncle passed away from a very aggressive form of cancer back in March. And because of COVID, we weren't able to have a service for him. So we were finally able to do that over the weekend. Um, I just had, it was my uncle, my aunt, and then I had two cousins out there. Um, So we flew out to go see them and be with them. And the rest of my family came with. And so we had a service for him on Saturday. And then um, his oldest daughter uh, is pregnant. She's due in like a month, I think, with her first baby. And so we had a baby shower for her on Sunday. So it was just a very roller coastery. weekend of emotions. It was like celebrating. Um, it was like a celebration of two lives, which was kind of cool, but it was just a lot to, uh, it was a lot to deal with, but I'm glad we went out there. got to see them and it was very, very hot. (laughs) I think it was like 105 every day we were out there and my feet were just so dang swollen. (laughs) I was not ready for this. Like I, packed a pair of tennis shoes and my tennis shoes wouldn't fit. I had my Nike slides and those didn't even fit. So I had to go out and buy um, a pair of Birkenstock type sandals. And even like on the, like the loosest notch, they barely fit and just left huge indents in my feet, like no ankles. Like it was just cankle city. (laughs) 
And um, I mean, yeah, it, it could have been a lot worse. Now they're back to normal. But I think just from flying and that extreme heat, it was just my poor little pudgy feet just suffered. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> we got back, um, today's Tuesday, we got back Monday afternoon. Um, and then we started planting today. So it was, it's, it's been a busy, it's been a busy week and I'm very much looking forward to going to bed tonight a little bit early. So that's kind of my high and low wrapped into one. Yeah. I, (laughs) (laughs) when, uh, when you asked like how the night was going or whatever, I was like, I really don't want to wait until Joey gets home because I'm tired. (laughs) I didn't sleep like that long last night. I was like, I, I think I'll just chance it with the children and uh, we'll do it early. (laughs) Well, hopefully we, uh, we can just crank this out and uh, (laughs) the children can behave for a little bit. So it doesn't take too long, but I mean, (laughs) I don't really know what they're doing out there, but no one's crying. So I think they're doing okay. That's all that matters. Um, exactly. Um, okay. Hi, hi. So one high, which normally I wouldn't be excited about rain, but we've had rain almost all day, mm-hmm. but it's just been like a beautiful spring rain. Good. Um, last I looked, we had four tents and it, I mean, it's in the sixties today and then it's going to get up to the seventies and eighties by the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I cannot wait to see how fast our corn and beans grow after this. And then with the heat, oh, they're going to love it. (laughs) Um, Which things I never thought I'd get excited about, but yeah, the rain is, it's a, it's a blessing. We needed it. And there's a couple chances the rest of the week, but I don't know. I think it's probably just because it's warm out. They kind of have to say there's a chance of rain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like the perfect week for growing. I'm glad a lot of I, I'm glad a lot of farmers got their planting in when they did because at least where we're at, like we're kind of yeah. the same boat as you. It's been raining all afternoon, but not hard. Just a very mm-hmm. like a good spring rain, like you said. And I think, yeah, it's gonna be hot for the rest of the week. So shit's gonna grow. <laughs> yeah. And we well at the dairy, we just got first crop in our rye off. So that's great we we still have our hay up here um but it's not like bloomed out or anything so we're doing okay on that but mm-hmm. hopefully it, after this it dries up a little bit so we can get that made but uh, my high was gonna be besides the rain um i had my first farmer's market yeah on saturday um <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i got there <laughs> and uh about a half hour later i almost left because <laughs> it was cold <laughs> and it was like it was raining, but not a lot, but just enough to make you wet. And like, it was windy and cold at the same time. So it was just, it was kind of miserable out, yeah. not gonna lie. And I have a tent, but it is not something I can put up by myself. And there was only me and two other vendors there. And I like kind of tried to put it up by myself. And then I just failed miserably. So I was like, okay, whatever, I guess I'm getting wet. <laughs> But at the same time, I think it would have blown away if I did get it set up. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was just but a blessing just, in disguise. Yeah, I, I was just miserable. And I texted Joey and I was like, why did I come here? Like wasting my Saturday. You know, it's just very, I was a Debbie Downer. I'm not going to lie. But 
um, uh, around like nine o'clock, the rain kind of stopped. It was still cold all morning, but there was a decent amount of people that came through. And I mean, I made it uh, quite a few sales, so it was worth going to. Um, hopefully it picks up in the next couple of weeks when it gets nicer out, but I have my second one tomorrow afternoon. Um, so I'm hoping the rain stays away for that. Otherwise, this one has a lot more vendors, so at least I'll have help to set up my tent if I need it. But do you want to plug where you're at for your oh, farmers we'll market? Oh yeah, because this will probably be up by tomorrow. Um, yeah. So I'll be in the the Cuba City Farmers Market um, tomorrow, which will be Wednesday afternoon. I believe it's from four to seven, and it's in the presidential courtyard. And then um, Saturdays, I won't be there every Saturday, but. Um, I'll be at Darlington Farmer's Market, which is, I couldn't even actually tell you where it is because I got lost trying to find it. So <laughs> if you're from Darlington, you'll probably know where it is. Perfect. <laughs> really good at this. Um, how about any goals? You got goals for the week? Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it's like a nesting phase that I have begun, but um, Ooh. I'm like trying to just get things cleaned up and like slowly start to prepare for baby. <laughs> I just like, I, I'm 30 weeks now or over 30 weeks. And I, all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit. Like in less than 10 weeks, we're going to have a newborn baby and I'm, I've done nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm cleaning each room slowly by slow or slowly. <laughs> and I started washing um, some of the clothes I have. I have to get some more, but I, I was just like, wow. Like, I don't know. It, it went so slow, but now like, this is my favorite time of being pregnant. Like I feel really good besides the iron issues. <laughs> um, and so I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of taking it all in because I'm like, a little sad now that it's almost over which is weird but that's weird uh, yeah so my goal is just to keep <laughs> to keep cleaning uh keep organizing and uh, I don't know find a home for all things baby because we I mean we only have a three-bedroom house mm -hmm. so I think like Joe is just gonna share his closet with the baby um so I just gotta get creative in there but we'll make it work <laughs> Uh, I think I remember when I was first pregnant, like just sh weeks, weeks along. And I would, I just started cleaning the house one day because that's what I do on the weekends. And Dan was like, oh my gosh, is this nesting? Are you nesting right now? I'm like, no, you weirdo. <laughs> I'm cleaning. <laughs> I'm just cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> so I think he's very excited for the nesting phase to start. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I like, and I never really, I don't know, maybe I did, but I never really had it. So I, maybe, I don't know if this is what it actually is, or if I just, I feel good that, you know, that I feel like wanting to clean and organize. Mm -hmm. And plus like with the weather and the kids are outside a lot more. So the house doesn't get as destroyed as it <laughs> normally does. <laughs> they can destroy outside. So yeah, I don't know. Do you have Life any goals? good. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was working. My goal was to kind of work on my baby registry because that's just way too stressful to kind of just sit down and tackle all in one day, just because 
like I was talking to Dan tonight, I was like, at least with our wedding registry, I knew what we needed and the stuff that made sense. But as a first time mom, like I have no idea. Like everyone's like, oh, you don't need that much. You don't need to put a lot of stuff on there. And it's like, well, yeah, I do. Like, how do I know if I need this or not? I'd rather have too much stuff than not enough stuff. And like, I don't know if the baby's going to like this or not. So I might as well just slap it on there and see if it flies. So um, today I sat down and I think I got most of everything on there. I hope I was doing a lot of research today on orthodontist safe pacifiers because I don't want my child to have teeth like me. So maybe, um, <laughs> a good pacifier will help. I don't know. Uh, so that was kind well, of my goal. I mean, even like stuff like that, like Sophia didn't even take a pacifier. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and, so then, I, and then Joe did. And I put like five different kinds on there. Cause it's like, well, what if they don't like this kind? Maybe they'll like this kind or I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that I feel like I need, which I probably don't need, but I would feel better having than not. So. Yeah. And I mean, if you get stuff that the baby doesn't like, then you can give it to someone that needs it or return it or that's just it like babies everything everyone likes something different <laughs> oh yeah thanks Joe. <laughs> uh okay well joe is obviously ready to start talking about some cows so are you ready to talk about some moose conceptions oh, yeah. I see what you did there. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, let's bring it on. Kids are in the bedroom, so uh, might be some squealing, but it's okay. It just adds to the effect. Um, So I think kind of the biggest, I don't have a, I don't know. I have some dairy farmer, like dairy farmers that follow me. So I wanted to include some assumptions for people that aren't dairy farmers, because I feel like there's two, two different takes on this. So um, a lot of non-dairy farmers just kind of assumed that the baby calves are just taken from the moms and that it's just such a mean process. Like it, it's all about the calves and, and like, it's just so aggressive for the calves to be ripped away from their mother and never see each other again and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. That's probably one of the biggest ones I get. One of the, the easiest things for activists to come at you for. Um, I, I usually start by, I mean, the, the biggest reason is safety for the calf. Um, when calves are born, they're born with absolutely zero immune system. Um, so once they hit the ground, their immunity is coming from the colostrum that we feed to them and the vaccines that we provide for them. Um, and it's important to remember too, while I'm talking about this, that dairy cows and beef cows are not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're, they're treated very differently. Um, they're just, they're raised differently. They have different genetics, but um, so the biggest thing. Um, so when they're born, uh, they get a gallon of um, high quality colostrum. We test all of the colostrum that we feed to our calves um, on a Brooks refractometer. Um, so if it is, if it doesn't test high enough, we won't feed it. Um, we typically freeze any extra colostrum that we have for, you know, moms that don't produce enough. Um, and then if we don't have any of that, they make a lot of different classroom replacers. 
which we'll use in a pinch. They're expensive, so we don't like to use them, but if the calf needs it, it needs it. I apologize if you can hear Sophia yelling at you on the back because she's yelling at him to stop crying. Aw, <laughs> that a girl. Um, uh, so with the classroom, and then we also give them vaccines. Um, I won't go into the details of those because it, I mean, it differs from farm to farm. We work with our vet to have our vaccine protocol um, and re revisit that with different problems that we might find on the farm. But um, on our farm, uh, after the cow calves, we let them lick it off for, oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it all depends on the calf. Um, they're usually in there for an hour or two with their mom while the mom licks them off. Cause that is important for the mom to lick them to stimulate them and kind of clean them off mm -hmm. um, and get them going. We try to vaccinate them as soon as they hit the ground. Uh, and then we also dip their navel because um, no matter how clean you keep a calving pen, there's always going to be bugs in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, the dairy cows, they're used to them, but these newborn calves are not, you know, it'd be like taking a newborn baby to a daycare center and <laughs> being like, here you go. Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot for a calf. So uh, after the mom licks a cow off, or after the mom licks a calf off for a bit, we take them out um, and we get them fed that classroom as soon as possible. In the winter time, when it's colder out, we'll put the calf in a calf warmer to get them completely dry. Um, something like that, if it's cold enough, if the calf is not in a warm environment and doesn't get dry fast enough, they can get frostbitten limbs which they'll die from. Um, so that that's just another reason that we take them away because the moms can't, can't keep them warm and dry like, mm -hmm. like we can. Um, and then another big reason is, so after the calves are away from the mom, we'll bring the mom to the parlor to milk her. Um, and then she'll enter the milking herd. So we give the mom a calcium bolus to kind of replenish the calcium that she is losing just from starting to lactate again. Um, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just safety is the biggest reason. Um, another thing that people always like to argue that I'm lying about, but dairy cows are not very maternal animals. Mm -hmm. Occasionally you'll get one that is, but um, they're just, they're not, that they're not, that's not what they've been bred for, for centuries. And um, a lot of the times, like with heifers and stuff, you got to take the calf out of there pretty early on because they don't want their baby. Like they'll ignore them or they'll start kind of headbutting them or they'll step on them. Um, they're just, they're not maternal. And whether or not, you know, you can argue that that's because of us, because of humans, you know, breeding them that way, that is a possibility, but I mean, at the same time, that's just, that's the reality of it. And we, we got to do what we need to do to take care of these babies. Um, so once the calf is separated, um, a lot of people are like, well, why don't you put them back after they get their colostrum and stuff? And that again is just for the safety of the calf. We keep the calf separated uh, in their own personal huts for the first uh, like eight weeks of their life. Um, and that I compare a lot to daycare. Um, when you bring your kid to daycare for the first time or like school, they're always sick because they're being exposed to all these new germs. Whereas if a calf is in a pen by itself, it's like, it's around other animals. So it's not like it's lonely, mm -hmm. um, but 
Um, this way we can just get, we can give them individualized care. They're not swapping spit with their neighbor. Um, we know exactly how much they're drinking. We can monitor their manure. If they've got scours, we know exactly who it came from. Um, just things like that. So it just, it keeps the calf safer. It keeps the mom healthier and happier and yeah, it's better for everyone overall. Yeah. And I think it's very important for people to realize that these are not your pets. Like you don't treat them the same as you would like your cat or something like it. Yes. You take care of them. It's your job to take care of these calves, but it's not, it's not like a loving, it's not a loving pet. So I think people have a hard time separating, um, like pet from a farm animal. Like they're two completely different things and made for two completely separate things. Um, so I guess kind of following up with what you were just talking about, like claustrum, that's something I had never heard of until I started talking to you. (laughs) Um, so, (laughs) which, um, so do you just give the calf that one time? How do you get it? Is it mostly just like a formula? Do you get it from the cow? Like yes. what, what does it do? How do you get it? All that stuff. So classroom is the milk that comes from the mother. Her first milking is the highest quality classroom you're going to get. Um, so uh, as I said before, we usually store excess colostrum. Um, which helps us not only to like replenish uh, if, if a fresh heifer or cow didn't give enough or didn't give high quality colostrum, then we have extra on hand. But it also allows us to get the calf colostrum sooner because uh, by the time we like take the cow up to milk her, um, sometimes we could have other colostrum warmed up faster to get into that calf. Mm-hmm. The calf um, ideally gets colostrum within the first couple of hours of life. They need to absorb it uh, into their body. And it's one of those things like the longer you wait, the less they're going to absorb. So, um, a calf that doesn't get colostrum, you can tell pretty easily. They, they tend to get sick a lot faster. They don't recover from illness as well as a calf with colostrum. And they just have a lot of health issues later on in life. They just, they don't flourish like they should. So, um, it's, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that it's, it's obviously really important. It's got, um, what we measure when we test it is for the immunoglobulins, um, which is kind of like the antibodies that are gonna kickstart that calf's immune system. So yeah, we get it from the cow's first milking. They get a gallon of it. Um, some farms feed more than one feeding of it. We just feed one gallon of it and then, then they're done with that. And we've always had good luck. We've tested their blood in the past, you can test to like see um, how much of the, how much of the IgG is kind of transferred into their blood or whatever to see what kind of immunity they got from it. But mm-hmm. um, that's what works for us. And then, uh, like I said, if we, if we don't have enough colostrum from the cows, we can always use colostrum replacer, um, which isn't, it works great. It's got um, you know, everything they need, but at the same time, it doesn't have kind of the, uh, exposure to the bugs that are on our farm, if that makes sense. So like how classroom has, you know, better antibodies than a classroom replacer would, but it's obviously better than nothing. So. Interesting. Okay. Um, I think again, kind of going 
circling back to your activists because I know you love talking about them, but (laughs) (laughs) I feel like one of the big um, attack points is that you quote unquote rape the cows, uh, you know, so they, so they keep producing or anything to do with AI in general is just a big trigger for them. So do you want to, do you want to touch on that? Oh gosh, I'd love to. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's, oh God, that one's annoying. They make it sound like you just like breed them every single day of their life. And that's right. not the truth. Um, the point of the, I mean, it comes down to uh, a cow needs to have a baby to produce milk. Um, and Which, okay, I'm AI. just, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Like, honestly, I didn't think about that until, again, someone pointed it out. I'm like, oh yeah, that would make sense. Like they're not just born like full of milk. Like you need to, like, that's just not something I thought about either. So I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> duh. <laughs> yeah. So we, the industry standard um, is typically that a cow will have her first calf around two years of age. Um, and so obviously you have to breed the cow to get them pregnant, to have a baby. Um, and you can either do bull breeding or AI. A lot of people choose AI. Bull breeding is pretty dangerous. Um, some farms use like a cleanup bull if AI doesn't work, but using artificial insemination, you can, um, increase your genetic potential a lot faster than you would with a herd bull. Um, you can select for different genetic traits that you want in your cattle. Um, so it's just, I mean, overall it's, it's kind of the best option, I believe, for dairy cattle. Um, so we um, we do all AI. We have a company come in. Um, we use all select sires, and they do a fabulous job. They either go off natural heats or occasionally we do um, what we call off-sync a cow, where we'll give them a few uh, reproductive shots to allow them to come into heat, and then we'll breed them kind of a timed breeding off of that. Um, and that's another thing that a lot of people, uh, tend to, I don't talk about or come at you for is like hormones and stuff. Um, and the one hormone, not to get off on a different subject, but the one hormone that most people are talking about is the RBST, mm-hmm. which is not in any fluid milk anymore that I'm aware of. Um, most processors do not allow it. Ours does not, it hasn't for a few years now, and we really never used it to begin with um so what 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 is that like break it down for the me's out there that have no idea what it is it's a I mean it's a naturally occurring hormone in cows so there was no way to test for it um but farmers did use it 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 um it kind of increased their appetite so they'd eat more produce more milk that's essentially why it was used Mm -hmm. um the downfall is we like there was some great useful usefulness to it um for like a fresh cow that was off feed like sometimes that could get her kind of going again so it's unfortunate that we can't use it for things like that anymore but um they also I mean they did a ton of studies that there was no significant difference between RBST and BST in the milk yada yada you see that on all the um all the dairy products as kind of a disclaimer and stuff um so I mean I'm not the consumers didn't want it. So that's one of those things that we took away. And 
it didn't affect us very much. I know some farms probably depended on it a lot more, but um, so back to the repro, um, Lutalize is one of the shots and then GNRH. And um, I've, I've actually tried to do some research to like see if the, if the shots kind of affected the milk at all, like hormones in, in the milk, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I found nothing. There, there's really no hormone difference between organic and conventional. Um, and I think it's because, you know, when we're, when we do obstinate cows, they're getting one shot. So it's not like they're getting, you know, a bunch of different hormone shots. They're just, they're getting a hormone to kind of naturally help them. Like some humans would do to naturally, you know, help them have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how, uh, that's how we AI, um, we, after they like have their baby, we obviously make sure that they have plenty of time to recover before we would breed them again. Ideally they'll have a calf every year. Um, just with the way like their lactation goes, a year lactation is, is nice. And then they can have a, their two month dry period and then freshen in again with another calf and produce more milk. But so their gestation period is roughly nine, 10 months. Yep. Um, it's nine months. It's the same as a human. We usually say 280 days, unless you're brown Swiss, it's like 300 days because <laughs> brown Swiss things, but <laughs> God just needs more time to perfect them. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you just crossed a bunch of, uh, questions off of your little spiel there. So good job. Go me. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got. So you talked about hormones. You kind of talked about how organic milk is. Well, actually, no. How do you want to talk about like um, how people just assume that organic milk is better than like conventional milk? I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so personally, we we are conventional farmers. We're not organic farmers. Um, absolutely nothing wrong for people that choose to produce organically. Um, a lot of it is marketing. Um, and it's, it's just certain things that we do differently, nothing better or worse. I don't believe, um, with organic, they are not allowed to use antibiotics in cows. If they do, or even calves, if they do, they're no longer considered organic. So they typically will have to sell them to a conventional herd. Um, they are not allowed to use synthetic pesticides. They can use natural pesticides. That's a that's a big one that I don't think people understand. They think organic mm-hmm. means they use nothing, um, but they use natural. Yep. And I, I guess I don't know too much. I'm not going to speak too much into natural versus synthetic, but just because it's natural does not mean it's better. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Organic also, they have to be out on pasture like so many days out of the year. I don't know what it is. It's not a very high number, um, but then they have to have all organic feed. Um, so not any non-GMO feed they can have. And then they're fed like grass and stuff. Um, but I mean, overall the care, the care is the same. You know, we're, we're all feeding high quality feeds to our animals. They're all getting taken care of. Um, they're all, you know, there's a lot of similarities that people don't understand. And I think one of the biggest 
things is a, a cow is not going to produce milk if she is stressed, if she is unhealthy, if she is mistreated. And so we are literally doing everything we can to keep these cows happy and healthy because if they're not, they're not going to be making any milk and we're not going to be making any money. And at the end of the day, it's not, a, I mean, it's not about the money, but at the end of the day, it is because without money, how can you run a business? Right. Um, so yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot more differences, but those are the big ones I can think of. Um, but you know, whether or not you drink organic or conventional milk, it all paces, it all passes the same safety and quality standards. Um, so you really can't, you can't go wrong in choosing it. It's just whatever you want for your family and whatever you feel best about drinking. Yeah. And it's important to note that all milk is safe milk that like there's organic isn't necessarily better just because it says organic. It's all safe for you. It's all tested for you. And you're not trying to sell a product that's going to hurt someone else's family. Like, I think that's kind of exactly the bottom line. Yeah, um, I guess. Oh, one more thing I should probably touch yeah. on. Um, back to our, uh, the uh, antibiotic. <laughs> um, so while we do use antibiotics on um, our cattle, if they are sick, we obviously, we don't use them very much because they're expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So we use them only when necessary. Um, but all antibiotics do have a meat and milk withhold. So when a cow is being treated, say she's got mastitis, we give her antibiotics to get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while she's being treated, and then for a few days after, all of can you hear all that? Probably it's fine. <laughs> all, <laughs> all of her milk is dumped um, because it's got antibiotics in it, and we don't want that. So that is that is another big thing that people think conventional milk just has antibiotics in it. And that's completely false. Um, every day when our milk tester comes, he takes a sample of each tank and he tests it for antibiotics. If there's any antibiotics in it, the tank is dumped. And if that tank ended up on the milk truck before they realized it was positive, then the entire milk truck is dumped and the farmer is responsible to for the, you know, the entire Mm -hmm. load of milk. So it's a very costly thing. Um, We take it really seriously. Any treated cows are dumped until they test pot or test good clean of antibiotics before they get back in the tank. So, right. Um, Okay. So kind of playing off of that one, can you sell fresh milk? Like, can you sell it straight from your farm? As far as I know, in Wisconsin, it is still illegal to sell raw milk. Um, I know a couple other states are, are, um, that they can do it. I know, um, Illinois now I was talking to Tessa not too long ago and they, they've got to pass a lot of like inspections and stuff, but they can sell raw milk from the farm. I think I personally do not drink raw milk. I don't think it's worth the risk. Mm -hmm. Um, but if people understand the risks and they want to do that, I think, I mean, why not? I guess if they're willing to pay for it, um, have at it, but just personal preference for me and my family, we don't drink raw milk. Um, last one I have here for you is whole milk is quote unquote fatty and not good for you. So is there, um, like real health benefits between different, uh, percentages of milk? Um, so whole milk, actually, it's only 3.25% typically fat. 
Um, and then you've got your 2% milk and you've got your skim milk. Um, so there's actually been a lot of studies lately. I mean, it used, whole milk used to have a bad rep, like mm -hmm. too much fat in it. But I think a lot of people don't realize that just because it says whole milk, it's only 3.25% fat. So it's not, it's not like 99% fat or hundred yeah, percent fat. It's not like liquid know? butter or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a big thing. Um, but there's been a lot of studies that show the benefits of whole milk. Now, um, whole milk has always been suggested for kids under the age of two. And actually, um, now, you know, they, it shows the benefits for adults as well to aid in weight loss and just getting a like complete nutritious diet. So I think it tastes the best. Um, we, my whole family drinks whole milk and it's delicious, but Again, you're still getting, no matter what milk you drink, you're still getting your essential nutrients from it. You're still getting um, all the protein and the calcium and the vitamin D and all the good stuff in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the fat levels that, that differ. So it just, it's what, what works best for you and your family. Cool. I learned, I just learned so much stuff that I didn't know before. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that's just like really big? that you think that we didn't cover tonight? I don't think so. I mean, I think like the biggest things are the hormones, the antibiotics, um, organic first conventional. Yeah. I think we, I mean, I, I think we covered it all, I guess, just to reiterate my point of a happy, healthy cow is going to produce milk and a mm -hmm. stressed, you know, not, not well cow is not going to, um, I mean, we've got, I guess I didn't talk about all the people that it takes to, to raise these animals, but we've got a veterinarian that is, she comes out every week to check, um, to like preg check cows and stuff. And then they're always on call. If you need, I mean, you can call them any time of the day or night, if you've ever got a sick cow and they're out there to help you, um, our cows all have nutritionist. They have a specially formulated, um, diet that they eat every day based on different stages of lactation, different, uh, ages, stuff like that. Um, you know, they've got the herd manager, they've got people raising them from calves and stuff. And I think it's, I don't know, it's just important to remember that yes, this is a business. Yes. We, we need to make milk, but at the same time, we understand that their quality of care correct or correlates you know into the the animal that they're going to become so it all starts with a calf and uh if we can get them off to a good start and raise them well then it's gonna it's gonna show in the future herd that was very nicely put um yeah i think it's very important to just remember that these cows are probably being more well taken care of than you're treating yourself like they're they are in very good hands. And I think dairy farmers are one of the most resilient, um, hardest working groups of people out there. It's a very thankless job for what you guys do and how much time and effort is spent uh, taking care of these cows for uh, everyone to enjoy these products. Like it's a very, it sounds like a very stressful job, but <laughs> I'm glad there's people like you out there to educate and just continue to show people that everything that you are producing is safe and very, very healthy 
for, for everyone, not just for kids, but adults as well. So kudos to you, Becca, you're a rock star. Thank you. I'm going to pat myself on the back as the children are still pushing on the door. (laughs) Okay. So I think this is a good time to wrap things up. Um, And hopefully next week we will have a cranberry misconceptions episode up for you guys. Um, So let us know how you are enjoying these episodes. If you want more of them, we can always find more stuff to talk about. Um, So uh, the way that you can let us know, if you want to send us a message on Instagram over at forward farming podcast, or find us on Facebook forward farming podcast, or even heck you can leave us a, a nice little review on uh itunes apple whatever the the I, why can't i remember what it's called the podcast thing on apple, apple. <laughs> apple podcast i think yep <laughs> um <laughs> good lord <laughs> we're doing so well uh but thank you for tuning in this week guys and uh if if you're not following us already go over and give becca a big high five and let her know how awesome of a job she's doing over at Farming with the Hillbies, and you can find me over at Cranberry Chats. Um, So until then, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye.